This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. In Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Art Stone. And with me, as always, is your co-host. I think his name is Andy Hart. Arty farty and bunky wonky funky wonkers. <laughs> hey, it's me, Dr. Poos. I'm here to do some rhymes. <laughs> Dr. Poos. Oh, good Lord. Um, Dr. Poos is in the house. He's... Uh, Trapped in his little turtle wordle, Shelly Welly. I don't know. That's a horrible Dr. Seuss. He would come up with something way, uh, way more intriguing. I walked outside and saw the sun. I fell into a beehive, though. I ended up with a sticky bun. Had to run home. I got stung, though. <laughs> it's me, Dr. Poose. You sound more like Shel Silverstein with Where the Sidewalk Ends, really. <laughs> well... Where the sidewalk ends, there's a beehive, and I fell into it. That's right. And the bee stung my bottom. Now my bottom's big. Speaking of falling into things, Andy, um, <laughs> I mean, today's topic concerns someone oh, who God. fell into something. Oh, God. Oh. Well, it's true. Oh, yeah, it does. Oh, what a segue. Well, I had to segue into it, Andy, because it's it, this is a special to- oh. This is a special episode, a special topic, Andy. Oh, yeah. We have special a guest. Topic. We have a guest, a special guest. We're- I would say this guest is... A top 10 guest. <laughs> if I was going to make a list of top 10 guests <laughs> yeah. that have joined us on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast, <laughs> definitely our guest today would make the top 10. Today we are welcoming Brandon. Brandon. Who is a co-host on the fabulous Tenish Tenish podcast. That's 10-ish. 10-ish, not tennis. Not podcast. tennis. That's a different podcast. That is a way different podcast. Tenish podcast. Uh... Brandon so graciously joined us. He took a break from eating hot dogs to <laughs> to come and join us uh, today. We're going to talk about Elisa Lamb. Elisa Lamb. Um, Andy, um, you know, famously, also this this sub this today's topic was suggested to us by someone else who's very special, a top ten person, top ten, a top ten person. Uh, it's our patron. Erica Elizabeth. Erica Elizabeth. Erica. Fuck yeah. (laughs) 
Going to save the motherfucking day. Coming to suggest motherfucking topics for us. Uh, Erica is a, a valuable bunk funker, a great friend of ours, um, a terrific baker. Um, That's true. We saw on the uh, bunker Discord. The bunker Discord. We saw some some skull cakes. That's right. Uh, they were spooky. <laughs> but they scary. were they looked delicious. They looked delicious. They were scary. Uh last I knew, yeah, they were uh evilly enchanted, and I do <laughs> think they haunted somebody's bowels. <laughs> if uh, I recall. Worst things have been said about us. Uh <laughs> as well. Um, but thank you to Erica for suggesting today's topic, and thank you to Brandon, who will be here a little bit later. In fact, uh, we're just gonna get right into it, aren't we, Andy? Yeah, there's, uh, well, since you did it, I guess I can do it. There's no reason to wait. Let's just jump right in. We got to jump this, right in to this episode. Let's, uh, let's take the stairs to heaven. <laughs> we're, we're on a stairway to heaven. Uh, Jimmy Page is here. He's playing guitar and, uh, he's going to cue us in Jimmy Page, but we're not going to record any of it, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we're going to get right into it. This is, uh, this is a Lisa lamb, John Bonham. the, the mystery of the death of a Lisa lamb. I should say, if you don't know anything about this topic. Um, and we're going to jump right into it here Ooh. on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. Sneaky Jim Kelton. Keltner. Jim Gordon. The Batman guy? Al Blaine. Funkers, today we uncover the mysterious disappearance and death of Elisa Lamb. Now, to help us get to the bottom of this curious case, we could think of no one better to join us than the wonderful Brandon Kaufman, one half of the Tennis podcast. Thank you, guys. I'm happy to be here. Happy to talk to you guys today. Uh, sorry, Nick, uh, my co-host, could not be here. He is, uh, there's an, a hot dog eating contest that our hometown puts on every, every December. It's a Christmas festival and against all COVID guidelines, um, he's there today. Um, anyway, uh, do you guys know anything about this Elisa Lamb? Uh, <laughs> she's a college student and she vanished while on vacation. Um, and then she was found dead on the rooftop of the Cecil Hotel in L.A., which has its own interesting story. The whole story is pretty tragic, actually. But also, do you love hotels? Because <laughs> I do. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing better uh, than a hotel room. You can do anything you want in there. You can eat and sleep. You can get dressed. You can take showers. You can take short showers, long showers. <laughs> you can take the hottest, longest shower you've ever had, oh, and yeah. no one's going to come beat on the door or the... Um, hot water heater is not going to run out. The little soaps. Oh. Uh, last time I went to a hotel, I called down to the front desk and ordered 150 towels, and they just <laughs> That's a lot. brought Jesus. them up. And I made a woman out of them. Oh, laid, oh my god! Oh wow! And laid down on top of her. Oh jeez! Oh, wow! <laughs> wow! Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, stare out the peephole for a while. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Hotels are awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, too right you are, Brandon. I mean, and and Art and I are are only too familiar with hotels. Okay, we've attended a lot of cons together. That is 
anime convention. Oh, that's right. You see, uh, Brandon, you know, Andy and I have actually won hundreds of cosplay conventions. Uh, <laughs> most recently, before COVID, we did a uh, cosplay of Akira, and uh, I went as Kaneda's motorcycle, of course, and Andy went as Tetsuo's hulking deformed mass after he loses control <laughs> of his powers. When people run in fear of you, that's how you know you did good. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> and I'll tell you guys what. One thing that's going to make me run in fear from a hotel is today's topic, the CISO Hotel. Uh, it's located in Los Angeles, where Elisa Lam was studying. On January 26, 2013, Elisa Lam arrived in Los Angeles via Amtrak train from her home in Vancouver, British Columbia. She checked into the CISO Hotel, which is located near downtown LA Skid Row. And let me tell you, it is a Skid Row. It is not the nicest <laughs> of areas. Emphasis on the skid. Yeah. Lam was not traveling alone. She was taking a bit of a solo vacation. It was, she was previously enrolled at the University of British Columbia, although she wasn't registered for any classes at the beginning of 2013. Now, the Cecil has a sort of combo hostel and hotel thing going on. So, Lam was initially assigned to a shared room on the hotel's fifth floor. As her later disappearance and death were uncovered, her, her roommates later complained to staff about Lamb's odd behavior, and she was removed to a room of her own after two days. She spent the next five days enjoying L.A. She was seeing sights, traveling pretty much alone. However, on January 31st, just five days after her arrival in L.A., she was seen alive for the last time. Lamb contacted her parents every day on her trip, but on January 31st, she was scheduled to check out of the Cecil and travel to Santa Cruz, but her parents never heard from her. They immediately contacted LAPD to report her missing and then flew to L.A. themselves to help in the search. Nearby businesses and hotel staff all confirmed they saw Lamb traveling alone on the 31st. Nothing seemed out of the ordinary. The police searched Lamb's room and brought in dogs to sniff a room in the rooftop, but they were unsuccessful in locating her. On February 6th, about a week after she was last seen, the disappearance was made public through the media for help in the search, and flyers were posted all around the neighborhood. But another week went by, and there was no sign of Lamb anywhere. So on February 15th, LAPD released a video of the last known sighting of Lamb taken in one of the Cecil's elevators by a video surveillance camera on February 1st. Now, this video is likely what you, dear bunkfunkers, have seen if you, you know, know anything about this case previously. And it is somewhat unsettling and drew worldwide interest. This is all due to Lamb's strange behavior seen on the footage. Now, we here at Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast are no strangers to attempting to describe things that really should be a visual medium in audio format. Mm -hmm. And we're going to do that very thing right now as we describe the Lamb elevator footage for you. But... Also, the footage will be linked in our show notes, you know, in case we do a bad job. The, the unlikely event. Yeah. Now, at the start, Lamb enters wearing a red zippered hoodie sweatshirt over a gray T-shirt with, uh, with black shorts and sandals. Now, she enters from the left and goes immediately to the control panel. She then kind of bends over and gets her face real close to the button panel of the elevator and appears to select, like, several floors. You know, like a prankster would do. <sighs> she then waits patiently in the corner. Nothing happens for a few seconds. 
Lamb then gingerly takes a step towards the door, then another. Then she rapidly darts her head outside the doors and looks left and right before stepping back into the elevator and waiting patiently. She then backs herself up against the right wall of the elevator. She backs herself into the corner, right between the wall and the control panel, all while keeping her head and eyes on the open door. Viewers have speculated if Lamb heard something, or if someone was following her because of this. Lamb then cautiously takes a step toward the door before lining up flush with the open elevator door as if she is listening for someone approaching. She waits there for a few moments, then cautiously steps outside and immediately looks to her left. She stays there for a second before doing a little hop forward. She is now completely outside the elevator, still looking left. She then backs into the elevator cautiously and then walks out and has her back to the wall to the left of the elevator door. Now, Lamb's right shoulder can be seen as she's just waiting outside the elevator door for almost 30 seconds. She then re-enters the elevator with her arms and hands up, and she kind of fusses with the control panel again, pressing random buttons repeatedly. She then returns to her spot on the wall outside the elevator. Then Lamb turns to almost enter the elevator. Her arms and hands are outstretched, and she appears to be speaking to either herself or someone else. Her arms and fingers are outstretched, and she's waving them around, not frantically. It looks as if she's kind of doing an over-the-top explanation of what she's saying with her hands, kind of like doing an impression of Italian's art. Hey, what do you mean, Brandon? Oh, Marona. Bobbity-boobity. Mamma mia. Lamb then turns back to the wall and later walks away from the elevator. Wow. I bet that felt like you were really watching the footage, huh, Bunkers? <laughs> like, you you don't need to watch the video now because you heard this. This is like virtual reality. <laughs> exactly. This is the most intense VR you'll ever get. Well, needless to say, this footage went somewhat viral, and people sure had their theories. And we'll get into those in, in a bit. Then, uh, but right, three weeks went by, and hotel guests started to complain about their discolored and foul-tasting water and and low water pressure. Is this foul-tasting like Mountain Dew? (laughs) (laughs) Or hot dog water? (laughs) Well, I mean, it could be, Brandon. I don't know. Mix those two together, and that's how I wake up every morning. (laughs) Do the do! Now, but here's the thing. I think these hotel guests would have preferred hot dog Mountain Dew water (laughs) over what it was in reality. On the morning of February 19th, hotel maintenance worker Santiago Lopez went to the roof of the Cecil Hotel to investigate the water issues. He took the elevator to the 15th floor, hiked a set of stairs to the roof, then climbed a ladder to reach the 10-foot-tall water tank. The hatch was already open. Inside the 1,000-gallon water tank, he found the corpse of Elisa Lamb floating in the water. The very tank providing water to the guests. The kitchen in a nearby coffee shop. They then uh, had the tank drained, and Lamb's body was removed. In the aftermath, on February 21st, the Los Angeles coroner's office issued a finding of accidental drowning, with Lamb's bipolar disorder being a significant factor. The full coroner's report was released on June 3rd. It showed that Lamb had been found naked, with the clothes seen in the elevator footage floating nearby as well as her watch and her room key. 
Lamb's body was moderately decomposed and bloated, but there was no evidence of physical trauma, sexual assault, or suicide. Toxicology tests were incomplete because not enough of her blood was preserved, but they did show traces consistent with prescription medication that was found among her belongings, plus non-prescription drugs such as Sinutab and Ibuprofen. A very small quantity of alcohol, about 0.02, was, pres- was present, but no other recreational drugs. In September that year, Lamb's parents filed a wrongful death suit, claiming the hotel failed to inspect and seek out hazards in the hotel that presented an unreasonable risk of danger to Lamb and other hotel guests, and seeking unspecified damages and burial costs. The Cecil Hotel argued it could not have reasonably foreseen that Lamb might have entered the water tanks, and that since it remained unknown how Lamb got into the water tank, no liability could be assigned for failing to prevent that. In 2015, the suit was dismissed. Afterwards, the Cecil changed its name to the Stay on Main in an attempt to rebrand itself as a bougie, hip, cheap hotel or hostel for young millennials. Now, if I was going to make a bougie, hipster, cheap hotel hostel for young millennials, I'd probably call it something like Holiday Inn Express Eatin' Ass. Because <laughs> oh, the, kid, the kids are all about eating ass nowadays i see it on twitter all the time these millennials man i mean they 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 be they be eating it up survive surviving on uh macaroni and cheese and ass (laughs) (laughs) i'm ready to check in i'll tell you what um now bunk funkers we can hear you saying i mean stop shouting wait a minute andy art and brandon of the tennis podcast available at tennispod.com just how did elisa lamb get up on the roof what happened to her well, we're gonna, t- we're not gonna tell you, <laughs> uh, but not because we're little scamps who keep little secrets, <laughs> but because no one really knows. Sounded That's- like Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> <laughs> Let me spin your wool into gold. <laughs> Straw. Uh, what, whatever. Whatever. Fuck I'm a little guy. man who sneaks into your bedroom at night. Um. <laughs> you know. Uh, no one actually really knows, bunkfuckers, what happened to Elisa Lamb. And that's what makes this case so wild and has generated so many theories from amateur internet sleuths. So what happened to Elisa Lamb? How did she get up into the water tank? The investigation found that Lamb died from drowning, but it did not explain how she was able to get into the water tank in the first place. Doors and stairs that access the hotel's roof are locked, with only staff having the passcodes and keys and any attempt to force them would supposedly have triggered an alarm. However, the hotel's fire escape could have allowed her to bypass those security measures if she, or someone who might have accompanied her there, had known. Now, many also ask just how Lamb got into the water tanks as well. You know, all four tanks are about 4 by 8 feet or 1.2 by 2.4 meters tall, and there's cylinders propped up on uh, concrete blocks, and, well, there's no real fixed access to them. You know, they're also protected by heavy lids that would be difficult to replace from within. Lamb's death has caused quite a few theories, though. So, let's get into it. What do people think happened to Elisa Lamb? Now, the two most obvious conclusions are that she committed suicide or was killed by somebody. Many users who have read Lamb's still online and public blogs and Tumblr page found a plethora of posts 
detailing her battle <laughs> with depression and her bipolar disorder. Lamb laments her struggles to even finish school and in one post details how in three years of school, she had barely completed three courses. Both sites have a tagline from a Chuck Palahniuk quote saying, you're always haunted by the idea you're wasting your life. Hmm. I could have sworn that was a quote from one of our numerous iTunes reviews. Oh, yeah, that was mine. Oh, no. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nick and I are considering a top 10 reasons why Andy and Art uh, got to slow down their podcasting episode. Oh, oh, wow. Oh, wow. So, um, how did you just pick uh, 10? 10 reasons. That's a, that's a, that's a long list to narrow down to 10. <laughs> the work is in narrowing down the list. <laughs> Yeah. Well, anyway, I've never been top 10 in anything before. Woohoo! Everything's coming up for the book, boy. Oink, <laughs> oink. We're top 10 in something. Top 10, baby. <laughs> top 10, stop doing what you're doing. That works. Still top 10. Counts. Now, regardless, many internet sleuths feel that Lamb committed suicide given her battles with depression and the nature of some of her blog posts. However, the police investigation found no evidence of an apparent suicide. And... Somewhat morbidly, some people have pointed out that this doesn't really answer why Lamb would have chosen, wouldn't have chosen an easier means of uh, committing suicide or how she got into the water tanks in the first place. Perhaps she wasn't alone. <gasps> the other biggest theory is that a lamb was killed by someone. One of her blog posts apparently claimed of some creeper while staying at the hotel. It reads, I'm going out tonight. I really hope no creeper comes near me. Now, we can't say for certain whether this was a Minecraft creeper or not. Uh, I had an eight-year-old weigh in, and it's a theory uh, that we personally wanted to put out there. Okay. Well, geez, yeah. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the post actually continues. Oh. Seriously, though, those Italian and Mexican guys go after you so strong, show the slightest inclination, and they hound you. Hmm. Art? Care to explain? Hey, what's the matter, you, huh? Why you come after old Artie Buco like this, huh? Art, you make a killer pizza pie, but you on a thin ice. <laughs> oh, mama, mama mia. mia. This is a spicy meatball. <laughs> it's slander, ask me. Uh, all right. Uh, now... Followers of this stalker killer theory point out that Lamb was found naked, but her phone was missing. In fact, her phone was never found. Perhaps this alleged stalker killer stole her phone after murdering her. The autopsy report is also called into question here, as it does not say what the results of the rape kit and fingernail kit were, or even if they were processed. And She was not tested for common date rape drugs. It also records subcutaneous pooling of blood in Lamb's anal area, which some believe might be a sign of sexual abuse. However, one pathologist has noted it could have also resulted from bloating in the course of the body's decomposition. Even the coroner's pathologist appeared to be ambivalent about their conclusion that Lamb's death was accidental. Next, some believe Lamb may have died from tuberculosis or a drug overdose. Now, tuberculosis seems kind of random, but there was actually an outbreak of it in the area near the Cecil Hotel, which affected thousands of people. The test to identify tuberculosis eerily is called Lamb Elisa. We shit you not on this. 
and isonazad is the most commonly used antibiotic for TB patients, and its side effects include confusion and abnormal behavior. But Lamb's autopsy showed no evidence of tuberculosis in her lungs, and Lamb's toxicology didn't find anything showing a drug overdose. Now, if not drugs or murder, then perhaps something paranormal. Oh. Some believe that Lamb met her fate due to the haunted past of the Cecil Hotel. Now, the hotel was no stranger to death. Since its grand opening in the 1920s, there have been numerous suicides, murders, and bizarre accidental, accidental deaths at the hotel. Like in 1962, when Pauline Otten jumped from the ninth floor and landed on a pedestrian walking on the street below, killing them both instantly. Some even claim that the Cecil Hotel was the last place the Black Dahlia was seen alive. Another infamous unsolved murder case. Also, serial, serial killers Jack uh, Unterwerger. Unterwerger, Andy? Unterwerger. Unterwerger. Brandon's got it. Brandon's got it. <laughs> that was a guess. I have no idea. Nah, that's better me. than me. Yep. <laughs> and Richard Ramirez both resided at the Cecil while they were active in their killing sprees. Many different ghost stories about Lamb's death have made the rounds as well. Some say Lamb was being tormented by an evil spirit in the elevator, while others say she was actually possessed by a spirit that forced her to commit suicide. Now, there's also the bizarre connection between Lamb's death and the 2005 horror film Dark Water. In that film, a mother and daughter named Dahlia and Cecilia, like the Black Dahlia in the Cecil Hotel, move into a rundown apartment building. A dysfunctional elevator and discolored water gushing from the building's faucets eventually lead them to the building's rooftop water tank, where they discover the body of a girl who had been reporting missing from the building a year earlier. The daughter also can be seen talking to thin air in the elevator because her imaginary friend is there. Now, that's a pretty creepy connection for sure, but was Elisa Lamb some kind of morbid replica of this film's plot? Was she tormented by spirits? Perhaps. Or perhaps she really was just the victim of a tragic accidental drowning. A video posted to YouTube, completely in Chinese, on March 2nd, 2013, shows the alleged video uploader easily finding the fire escape and using it to access the roof. From there, the user climbs another ladder near the water tanks, reaching a structure next to them, and you can see that two of the four water tank hatches are wide open. One could easily jump down from this second roof onto the water tanks. This video gives some evidence for how Elisa Lamb may have gotten up to the roof of the Cecil. But, dear bunk funkers, what do you believe? What befell Elisa Lamb? Is the Cecil Hotel cursed? Either way, me... Art and Brandon Kaufman of the Tennis Podcast, that's tennispod.com, new episodes every Wednesday, have been stewing in our own water tanks. And now we're going to drain out our mind tummies straight into your faucet to bring you a heaping, helping, sopping wet whole enchilada. <laughs> Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message.
It sure is chilly outside, Art. Andy, where's your jacket? Art, did you hear me? The wind chill is 30 below. Andy, I think you have hypothermia. You know, Art, with the horrific chilly weather outside, the only thing that'll warm me up is listening to Andy and Art Debunked, available only on patreon.com slash mrbunkerpod. Are you seriously shilling our Patreon right now? Oh, Art. Laughing at the antics of Andy and Art is all the warmth I need. And for just $5 a month, I get access to all the episodes of the show, behind-the-scenes updates, sneak peeks at episodes, and I can chat with Andy and Art on the Bunker Discord. Andy, we need to get you to a hospital. We need to get me to patreon.com slash mrbunkerpod. So chilly. Oh, God. I'm shilled to the bone. Welcome back, Bunk Funkers. That was our research of the Elisa Lamb disappearance and death. With us still is Brandon of the Tennis Podcast, uh, TennisPod.com. Uh, Brandon. That's me. <laughs> Brandon, if Nick, your co-host Nick, because he's not here, you know, if he was trapped in a giant vat of hot dog water, uh-huh. you think you'd save him? Yeah, I'd, him? I'd have to. We're still under contract. I gotta. Oh. <laughs> so you'd be your own business with this guy. I think I'd be out like a couple hundred bucks if uh, oh, if I didn't pull him out of there. Yeah, um, I could get him out even though he's gonna be smelling like hot dog water. I don't know. I can't. Probably nothing new, right? No, I mean the. To be honest, I have not whiffed hot dog water in a long time, okay. uh, and. And thinking back to it, is that because you're, you know, like you guys have run out of hot dog water scented deodorant or, <laughs> yeah. or other things? Uh, yeah, we dr- uh, drink it with our noses pinched closed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you if you guys want, we can send you some of the uh, Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time branded hot dog water. Oh, <laughs> hot dog bath water that uh, yeah. Art and I sell on our website, our OnlyFans. Yeah, I'll take a case. Oh, hell yeah. All, All right. Sale. All right. For sale. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I mean that's good. That's good that you would reach out and save your co-host. You know, I mean, like having having a co-host is you know it's a it's a Freudian thing. It's either a, you want to fight them or you want to fuck them, right? Uh, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> you're like uh, bugs. You can't ever tell if they're if they're fighting or fucking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I do what feel you- that way about art. It's because yeah, he's true. naked all the time. That's true. I do record completely in the nude. He's ready for anything. Yeah. Well, I just, too, I, too ready. I, I grease myself up in butter just, you know, as a precautionary thing for most times whenever I leave my house. It's important. Just, you know, you never know when you're going to get caught in a situation where somebody's be, trying to bear hug you and you need to slip through. Yeah, better to be slippery. Yeah. And moisturized. That's yeah, true. It's good for the skin. My skin looks great. Yeah. I look about 20 years younger than I am. Yeah. She put me at the ripe old age of four and a half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't look a day over four. That's right. Uh, most people think I'm a fetus. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, what do you, let's get some blanket statements out here, boys. I mean, what do you make of this case? Obviously, it's very tragic. You know, obviously, it's, uh, it's not the most fun topic. I mean, I, I shouldn't say like that. It's it's just it's you know it's 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 sad. It's a sad topic. That's a good yeah. way to promote a podcast. It's, <laughs> not, it's not a good topic. Not a no, topic. it doesn't lend itself very easily to jokes because because uh, a young woman did end up uh, very dead, and right. in a in a way that 
I mean, most accidental or uh, any kind, most deaths don't affect a whole bunch of strangers too. But right, uh, the nightmare, you know, the the um, the nightmare part of this that's relevant to anyone because everyone has stayed, almost everyone has stayed in a hotel, is you know having a strange, foul-tasting, discolored oh. water, and later finding out that it's because of a a decomposing woman in the water tank, which maybe I, I don't know enough about water tanks, but, <laughs> but I have not a, read up, but I have a few. Yeah. I, most of what I know about water tanks comes from the Animaniacs. So it's not very grounded in science. <laughs> well, as we know, all water tanks have a giant WB logo on them. Right. And have and critters, no water inside, have zany critters inside. What are the Animaniacs? Are they cats? They're um, just animaniacs. I, I think they're just animaniacs. Yeah, I think they're just their own thing. They are kind of oh. reminiscent of um, what's his name? What's his name? Blinky Blotto, uh, Buster, uh, Bosco. Bosco was like Warner Brothers' first hit character. He oh. recently appeared in one of our top ten lists uh, about the Looney Tunes characters with the most appearances. And Bosco oh. was a semi-racist uh, oh. little character, but he was just a little guy. He was a... He just a did cri- a little bit of racism. Yeah. <laughs> he was just a little... Uh, he had a little button nose, and uh, <laughs> he was funny. He was a cute little guy, and I think they're sub- supposed to be a throwback to uh, to Bosco, just a black and white ah. cute critter. Okay. Um. Okay. But yeah, water tanks. Uh, so the hotel gets its water from a tank on the top yeah. of it. Like, it seems like such a 19th century idea. I thought that, like, yeah. when you turn on the water, like, all the water that goes in hotels and some filthy tank on the top. I, I mean, I, I got to be honest. I don't know either. Obviously, we are, uh, we're in. Chicago, and uh, we got our big, beautiful lake, which might as well be have probably has bodies decomposing in it as well. Yeah, there's a um, lot of members of uh, like the Teamsters. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, there's all kinds of Teamsters and um, mob guys, and mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of dead bodies around this city. After every uh, game at Wrigley Field, there's a couple bodies that get in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Chucked into the lake. But I mean, I think, correct me, Andy, you'll fucking know the answer to this, don't you? We get our water from the lake and that's where it comes in. And it goes through a processing plant and then it goes to everyone's houses, right? Yeah. But places don't have water tanks. Right? Do Most it? places don't. No. Some places do, right? Andy? I'm sure some places do for like... There was that old water tank that was in Andersonville that everyone loved and then they moved yeah. it. There's like, there's water tanks, water towers. There's other places. I mean, probably the source is still the lake. Right. And a processing plant, like a facility that filters it. So I would say that, be- especially because in LA, where it's it's known that there are like water issues. Water can yeah. be scarce. Yeah. yeah. So they probably get it from somewhere. And then it goes for processing. And then it gets stored in those tanks as maybe like a reserve. Yeah. See, the part where it gets processed and then stores in a filthy bird shit covered <laughs> tank, which yeah. and so uh, paying close to attention here uh, to the story has the fucking hatch open on it. Uh, yeah, true. So not only yeah. does the water tank on top of the Cecil Hotel ha- possibly have an open hatch, open accessible hatch 
in January or early February when Elisa disappeared. But two months after the disappearance, once and after the body has been discovered, uh, some kid gets up there to check it out, and two of the hatches are open on the water tanks. Yep. Open to the sky and the bird shit and that jetpack guy flying around L.A. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Now Now, we don't know. Maybe there's some kind of, like, filtration or something, but obviously... It changed the water when her body was in there. So yeah, if it's it's the, not very strong, if it's doing anything, this there's a there's a common thread here of the Cecil Hotel not having their shit together. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, I uh, I mean it's I think that it uh, due to its location and it's you know it's uh, it's not the yeah. It's not maybe the nicest place to stay, but it's it has close to downtown. It has serviced a lot of uh, communities over the years, and there's like people who kind of live out of it. Yeah, know? but at the same time, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I don't. I I, I guess you really yeah you kind of opened my eyes here, Brandon. Kind of like how these hatches are open. Yeah, there's there's hatches that are just straight up open. You can just get inside that fucking water tank. And yeah. if you leave a hatch around people, they're gonna get in it. That's just human nature. If Lost tells us anything, the TV show Lost, it's that if there's a fucking hatch, get in that thing. You're gonna get in that goddamn hatch. <laughs> when uh, you know, uh, that's a good. I loved, that's a good point. I loved Lost, and I kind of mainlined it when it first came out. And oh, then yeah. I met my wife, and we, you know, I caught her up on it. So we we binged. This was even before Netflix. So we're binging uh, DVDs. Yeah, uh, the first Netflix. couple, the first couple seasons, but the first season. You know, they discover the hatch and the whole thing's like, what's in this hatch? We gotta get into the hatch. You know, this almost religious fervor. Yeah. To bust open that hatch. It's the meaning of life. It's the reason we're here on the island. And after the whole thing, you know, my wife is pretty good at guessing what's going on on Lost. And uh like she predicted, you know, the characters' backstories, the reasons why they're doing one thing or another. Mm-hmm. She guessed what was gonna happen in upcoming episodes. I was really impressed. And then at the end of that season, and they busted open the hatch and looked down inside, and it's the cliffhanger, it cuts, and I said, turned to her and I asked, What do you think is in that hatch? And she immediately said it's full of dead bodies. And but it wasn't. <laughs> it was no. full of just an alive guy. <laughs> yep. Just a dude. Yeah. Having to press a button. <laughs> <laughs> Another uh, mystery that uh, in the end, you know, I don't know. Does it wrap up? Does it not wrap up? <laughs> Andy's never seen Lost. I've seen Lost. Uh, I know all about Lost lore and how frustrating it was for mainliners such as yourself. Yeah, Andy, watch the first four seasons and then just make up your own story about what happens. <laughs> yep, <laughs> okay. Yep, yep. I'll it, report uh, back to you both. With, God, those uh, first I couple seasons with. are like fucking drugs. They're so goddamn good. You just you can't. You're like, I cannot wait to find out what is going on. I need an excuse to do, to, to, I'm not going to do it here. It'll derail us. We'll spend 45 minutes talking about <laughs> my, my corrected seasons five and six of Lost, but I got a pretty solid way they could have wrapped it up. If they only knew that a completely unqualified, untested young man in the middle of the country with no connections to the entertainment industry had the answers they were looking for and come looking for me. I could have said I would it. love to hear. We, we, we'll have to bring you back on, Brandon, because I would love to uh, hear your thoughts on Lost. You and, bet. Uh, <laughs> we'll get lost on that topic. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. And we'll get lost in your eyes. Sure. Oh. <laughs> sure. They're good eyes. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's fucking disgusting, right? Like you're drinking, God, you're fucking shower and it's dead body water. I mean, we're joking about it, but that would honestly like. Yeah, that's, that's a that's a part people of the, drink that water. Yeah, that's like that's probably trauma inducing for sure. That's yeah. part of a horror movie. Like if they made a yeah. horror movie about this, there would be a whole part where, you know, a family is staying in a hotel, the hotel and and opens the faucet and it runs. I don't know what color it would run, but uh, it's yeah. not a fun color. It's not a happy color, and no. that's when the weird violin string music comes in to oh, let you yeah, know, like. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's not supposed to be that color. Um, pretty awful. I mean, I don't know that that YouTube footage did kind of sway me a little bit because I I always have said like how the fuck did she get up on those tanks? But if you look at that footage, you're kind of like oh, you kind of can jump right down. Oh, Andy's making a face. Here we go. I, if you go on Google Maps even and look at the Cecil Hotel or the Stay on Main. <laughs> Like you can point the camera up and you can see the fire escape. There's just a like a there's just a hole at the roof. Like you could just climb up, you know, just yeah, like you yeah. did in the video. You climb up to the roof. Did I mean? Did, what do you think? Did she? Did she? She found out about it all by herself. I, I mean, that's no way. I don't know. The so and it's. I mean, it's in the story that the um the maintenance worker February nineteenth Santiago Lopez. I think I get the impression that Santiago was leading a pretty chill, lax life <laughs> yeah. around yeah. the Cecil Hotel until February 19th. <laughs> and part of that meant like just leaving hatches and doors and ladders open and easily accessible. And that like it only took, I don't know, three weeks after she disappeared for him to go like, yeah, to go up and look around on that roof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fucking Cecil is like a uh, kind of a chill college dorm. Hey, we got an open door policy around here, guys. Yeah, like, uh... <laughs> Santiago is the stoned out senior who's the the resident advisor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know that's actually a pretty good take, I think, because it's so easy after the fact to be like, "Well, those doors are locked," and yeah, you know, that's like, the f- oh, that, they for sure. I mean, this this. Par- part Doesn't reads of stinks of covering their ass yeah because the chinese video the guy went up on it, it was uploaded on march 2nd that is literally like a month <laughs> after they after, knew better after they knew after they found the body after all this shit went down yeah so you got to think that like i don't know he probably recorded that that the the person uploaded that like recorded that maybe what sometime in that time frame but <laughs> the upload date is 2013 yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, it says that the doors and stairs that access the roof are locked with only staff having the passcodes and keys. Okay. <laughs> How many codes do you think are on the Cecil Hotel? <laughs> it's like in the cartoons where like Mr. Burns or whatever, like he he's trying to get into some secret room and it's like 18 different kinds of doors that open in different You have ways. to have Santiago Lopez's face to get into <laughs> yeah. the... Yeah, you got to put on uh, tight, stretchy pants and, and uh, crawl <laughs> under laser beams. oh god did were you uh creeped out at all by that elevator footage because i remember the first time i watched it it was um it was a little creepy it was a little unsettling i should say so i creeped out by it two different times in two different ways depending um based on my knowledge of the story now uh you guys shared some research materials with me 
before we recorded. And I went through and... And, and also some photos of us, some tasteful <laughs> nudes. <laughs> yeah. Everything... Which you ev- didn't respond to, Brandon. I, I still studied them. um but yeah i i had seen the uh chinese hotel footage i had seen the footage from the elevator i'd seen i'm a true crime fan so i'd seen all these things um probably back in 2013 or 2014 around the time they first came out so when when i first heard about the elisa lamb story before uh some of these other details had come out i do remember being very creeped out by the um, elevator footage specifically because it seems like she is either seriously hallucinating and uh, terrified or paranoid or she is truly um, running from someone that there's but I will say the more I thought about her running from someone watching that footage whoever it is isn't trying to get her very hard <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. yeah it'd be like me and andy trying to track somebody down we'd probably give up halfway through yeah whoever it is is just lurking <laughs> yeah um which is creepy in its own way like s- slowly coming towards it. but that that footage is like four minutes long it's like yeah they're not really coming after her very hard are they uh no but uh you know it's still there's still still so many questions about it uh that it it feels unnerving, even if you feel like there is a legitimate like science or logic-based reason, something that's not paranormal or even due to um, uh, just uh, the naughty little things humans get up to. If it's just something due to um, whatever. There's a logical explanation for it. It's still very disturbing uh, to watch someone behave like this because you know she was in a state of... she was. She was very unhappy. She was scared and uh, confused. And even the angle and the black and white uh, part of it, is it black and white? I remember if it's not black and white, it's very desaturated. Either way, it looks... Yeah, it's it's very pixelated. It's it's bad footage. It's very grainy. Yeah, which, for some reason, grainy pixelated footage, the more questions, the less definition you have, the more (laughs) creeped out it is. Very uncanny, yeah. Yeah. Um, But the second way it disturbed me was when I, I knew more details of it and knew about you know, her history of, um, of bipolar disorder. And um, it said that the she had traces consistent with prescription medication. And mm-hmm. I believe they were medications that were supposed to um, treat bipolar disorder. You can imagine, though, if her medication isn't working if she hasn't been taking enough um, or if her medication, yeah, if her medication needs to be changed and she's having um, a a bipolar episode. She's all alone. There's nobody really like with her to check to that knows about her symptoms and can be like, Oh shit. Okay. Maybe we need to, you know, take it easy here. Yeah. She's staying in a place that I would imagine has all kinds of people with bizarre behavior and yes, people just learn to ignore it uh, or, or, or avoid it. But yeah. Um, yeah. It kind of bothered me in another way that like, uh, she is, she's headed for a disaster. Yeah. That's very true. That's a very, that's a good point. I, I think, I, I think I kind of feel the same way. It's like you, you watch it and it's just, it's kind of, it's just distressing. Like you said, like, especially like for me watching it, knowing what happened, it's like, oh, there's some really like troubling signs in this video. 
regardless of what it actually what that truth is it's troubling right and i i don't want to discount the fact that she you know was worried about creepers yeah <laughs> true it's valid i don't know another reason why uh that like watching the hotel footage uh, especially the frantic part where she bent down very bent down very close to the buttons and examined them as if I don't know as if she didn't know what to do with them or wasn't sure what they were and um, particularly when she was speaking very animatedly and moving her hands I actually had uh, this is a here we go a bunker podcast exclusive I don't oh. <laughs> I've never told this story on the air before that I had a, a run in with someone um a long time ago, who I think was having a uh, a mental had, a, had was probably suffering from mental illness and having a bad day. Um, it was right after my wife and I got married, and we were living in an apartment. And it was the day after Christmas. We were getting ready to go somewhere. I was sitting very near the front door and the window next to the front door in my underwear, looking at pictures of space on a laptop, oh, yeah. drinking a beer. <laughs> Nice. Hell yeah. And from behind me uh, in the window, which I guess if you maybe, if you maybe knelt down and put your face close to the window, you could look inside enough, like through the cracks in the blinds, to see that someone was in their underwear right there. And I heard a woman's voice go, Woo! Um, as you know, like you would do when you see somebody in their underwear. I would do that if I saw you in your underwear. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So it scared me. I jumped up and immediately thought, like, has one of my friends dropped by to harass me in the middle of the day? And I ran to put throw some pants on, and this the the start the person started knocking and then pounding on the door, and then um, shaking and jiggling the handle trying to open it. And then I knew like this was very likely not one of my friends. I don't they're not this <laughs> aggressive or usually not drunk at like 11 a.m. So I opened the door and it was a young woman about my age. She was in her early to mid 20s. Um uh curly hair. I remember she looked like uh, she reminded me of Irene from the Real World Seattle season. You guys remember her? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? I, I I don't think I saw Seattle. I've I saw a few. I saw like Cancun. Irene was New short Orleans. with dark curly hair. She looked just like okay. her. Okay. And she had a dog with her on a leash. And I opened the door and was confused and said, "Can I help you?" And she said, "I don't know. Can you help me?" Oh boy. Oh dear. And oh, no, my like wife thinks that this is like some kind of a girlfriend or something. And uh, and I said, uh, "I'm sorry. I." I don't know what you want. And she, I can't remember what she said, but she tried to come in. So I closed and locked the door. Jesus Christ. Uh. And, uh, you know, told my wife, I've never seen this woman in my life. And anyway, we watched her. She went down in the parking lot and she walked down to the end of, um, she walked down to the end of the parking area and walked up to a truck and started speaking very animated to the, to, to what seemed to be someone in the, uh, front in the driver's seat of the truck she's speaking very animated and i was like holy shit this crazy lady like thinks someone maybe she's like maybe she used to come here to get drugs or something i don't know but she wants to get in my apartment and now she's going and telling somebody in this truck like 
I guess we got to go get in this apartment. So I called the police and they were like, oh, we really don't know what you want us to do. Um, anyway, she got finished speaking and then to that truck and then she got in another car with her dog and drove away. Anyway, when we got ready to leave, I went over to that truck. I was like, I got to see someone's still sitting in that truck. I went over and the truck was empty. Ooh, yeah. And I went back and told my wife, like, I'm pretty sure this woman is having some sort of episode. And as we drove away, got about half a mile down the road and we were in a pretty high traffic area and the traffic was all backed up on our side of the road. People were having to go around a car that had, I guess, stalled. And when we drove around, it was that girl. She had parked in the middle of traffic and she was having another very animated conversation just in her driver's seat, supposedly to herself. Uh, so I called the police yeah. again and told her, you know, where she was at now and that she probably needed help and to be aware. But uh, yeah, I've I've had a run in with someone who exhibited some of these strange behaviors and I think she was heavily hallucinating and the same girl, you know, did something that could have gotten herself seriously hurt or killed. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds very similar. Yeah. That is a, uh, yeah, that's a, uh, a oh. bit of an unnerving tale kind of knocking on your door. Yeah. Um, and she had like, like that. She had a very Andy cute. doesn't like that one bit. <laughs> Ugh, don't like people knocking on, knocking on the door. No, no, no. <laughs> now she was, she had a spaniel with her. So that, uh, kind of took the threat, le- threat knees, level down yeah. a notch. Yeah. Hell of a good cocker spaniel. <laughs> wow well uh i mean we're glad you're all right brandon oh yeah I mean, there wasn't, <laughs> yeah, thank there, god it turned out the way it did yeah there wasn't much of i guess of a real threat um but yeah it just reminds me of uh of someone who is in severe mental distress yeah and yeah. is so out of it or not connected to reality that they are uh, ready willing and uh, able to put themselves in harm's way it's true. Well, well I mean, said. you never know. It, I I have a story that I've told a few times where I was sucker punched in the eyeball oh. uh, while riding the train one day randomly at like 11 in the morning uh, a while ago, like almost a decade ago. So you just never know. I mean, you know, people are. Yeah, having uh, having a bad day, just like that Daniel Powder song <laughs> had a bad day. So they punched me in the face. <laughs> Man, that uh, that day is. But you never know. I mean, you could have opened the door, and that lady just, you know, someone could just take a swing at you. <laughs> That's you know, weird. they usually play uh, compilations with that song of like um, of uh, uh, basketball mascots like falling over, <laughs> uh, or like you know, taking a comedic spill on the on yep, the floor yeah. at halftime. But instead, they should do it with like. Me getting harassed and terrified by a yep. woman trying to barge in my apartment, and you yeah. getting clocked on the train. Live leak footage, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what a good live leak footage we could have. People some having Daniel powder mixes. A little bad day. Nine eleven. Nine eleven. Super bad day. Bad day in the background. <laughs> it's apropos. It that was, was a, a bad, bad day. day. <laughs> Universally understood to be a bad day. It's, that is the goat. That is the keystone for a bad day. That's, yeah, that's true. the that's the like you look up bad day in the dictionary. <laughs> See also. You know what's weird? You look up us in the dictionary, you also get pictures of 9-11 as well. <laughs> yeah. What's yeah. up with that? Um well, uh, I mean, boys, is Andy, is there any other topics you kind of want to explore before maybe we think about getting to verdicts here? 
I, I feel ready to go into a verdict, yeah. honestly. I, this has been good discussion. Yeah, this has been great, Brandon. Uh, well, Brandon, I guess we'll get into our verdicts. We'll kind of, we'll say what we think happened and how plausible. You know, if you have two different theories, you can maybe split it up. It basically, Andy, do you have do you have the plausibility thing open? Yeah, okay. Brandon, the we use the patented bunker scale of plausibility to rate the plausibility of our verdicts, um, and basically this the scale it it from one end, uh, which is the very very skeptical end of the scale, you 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 have case closed, mm-hmm. and case closed basically means that you you don't think there's anything suspicious here. It's it's you you understand what happened. And it's clear. Um, and then you go the other way on the scale, completely the other end. It's case confirmed, which basically means something's up with this. It's suspicious. Uh, and more something. there's more here than meets the eye. Something's hinky. And then there's a, yes, exactly. And there's a, wide, there's a wide range of things that are on the scale um, between those two. Um, and we'll, we can help you through that uh, with your verdict. Um, I guess maybe uh, I'll start uh, just to get get a flavor for for what it's like on this scale. So I guess in this case, I feel pretty I feel pretty strongly from uh, like a lot of the the information that we looked at and the stuff we talked about. Like this seems like a person who's having who's having some uh, type of a, a crisis situation. Elisa Lam is uh, when she's in L.A. and you know, it doesn't seem so improbable that she could have gotten up to the roof of the Cecil Hotel and climbed into these uh, unattended water tanks and stuff. So I, I don't really see that as being super sus at all. Um, so it's it's got me a little skeptical. But at the same time, I don't know. You know, toxicology, like general toxicology screens, I don't think test for all these, like, date rape type drugs that are hard to detect. Um, so it's possible that there's some foul play at work here too. I mean, I don't feel like there's anything paranormal. It's not too paranormal E in my opinion. Um, so I think on, on plausibility, I'm going like maybe plausible minus and a half. Um, Cause I think it's, I think it's close to saying like, this is probably a, a case of suicide, but there could be some foul play. Okay. I'm suspic- suspicious of the foul play. Okay. So I'm plausible minus and a half. Um, now, Brandon, I am sharing my screen with you. You should be able to yes, see the bunker scale. I'm, I'm falling. Um, <laughs> so would you like to go give your verdict or would you like me to go ahead and uh, you go last? <clears throat> I'd like to, I'd like to hear yours too. Okay. So I, I'm going to give a, a two, two part verdict here. I think I'm going to give Ooh, one okay. for it was what it was, what I probably think it is, which is an accidental drowning, a very unfortunate circumstance. Although, I mean, you know, obviously she was, it appears that she was having some kind of episode. There's something going on. She was fiddling around with the elevator Maybe after that, she went and found this fire escape because that's the thing. It's like she has to find the fire escape. The Chinese video shows him finding it. But, you know, that guy was kind of looking around for it, probably snooping around. She kind of would have to, I don't know, I'd have to find it somehow. We don't really know what happened that day. Um, Maybe that day somebody at the hotel, I don't know, 
moved something or left something open or somehow she got access to the fire escape, climbed up and then had to climb up that little mini structure, jump onto the tank and then jump inside. Um, take all of her clothes off as well. And then we don't know where her phone went. That's the thing is also the phone. The phone is completely gone. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say plausible plus plus oh. that it was an accidental drowning. Okay, gotcha. And then I'm going to say plausible plus that there was someone else involved in some other way. Okay. Some creeper, some kind of person, who knows, some kind of accomplice, some kind of, I don't know. You're you're in the foul play arena too. There's some foul play. You think, I think it's foul because the phone disappeared. The mm-hmm. phone has not been seen. I mean, maybe she left her room open and someone just went in and stole the phone. Yeah, uh, we don't really know. But um, I feel like there may might be some kind of foul play. You never know because if she really was found in that tank with it closed and stuff, it seems like maybe she would have needed some help. Getting the tank closed. I thought the, those hatches. I thought the hatch was heavy. open when they found it. Was I wrong? Um, yeah, it might have been open, but then there's other th- theories that say like, oh, the lid was completely closed. Yeah, I guess so, we can't. We, I think. Yeah, I think we all agree that we can't fully trust what the <laughs> yeah, yeah. what Santiago yeah. and the and the lackluster organizational management at the Cecil Hotel may say about. Right. The Cecil Hotel management does not seem like a good source. Right. No, it seemed this is the this is like that hotel the Muppet stayed in in uh in the great <laughs> Muppet caper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what you're saying is it's highly plausible that Muppets killed Elisa Lamb. Uh you know that 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 uh there's that one Muppet, Sam the Eagle, who is never putting up with any of the other Muppets. <laughs> shit he's in fact in that hotel after they they sing a song um says that if you're basically says if you're a weirdo and an outcast you'll fit right in at the happiness hotel and after they sing it he steps out and looks around and tells them you are all weirdos and he slams the door now that that's an example of a muppet staying in a hotel who is not putting up with anybody's bullshit (laughs) <laughs> that is true yeah. i mean this is a this is a very someone needs to find out where sam the eagle was in january yeah, where was 2013 he? <laughs> he was he was locked in a trunk somewhere <laughs> oh no poor sam yeah kept in some storage closet um but brandon uh, please go uh be our guest have uh have at it your verdict on elisa lamb so i i'm also weighing in on two two different scenarios and both okay. of mine are, are very similar to yours um i think the the uh the answer of it being an accidental drowning um is the most plausible i'm okay. giving that a plausible plus plus Ooh. there are a few things that still leave um still leave room for doubt Mm-hmm. Uh, in that, wait, hold on. Do I have this wrong? Yeah, but yeah, plus plus that um, the toxicology report is inconclusive, and that's pretty yeah. important. I mean, it, it it's it it also if if it lists the type uh the type and amount of um of um prescription drugs that were in her system, it 
obviously doesn't yield any um, answers as to where what her mental state was at the time. Uh, it also doesn't include anything that could have been um, like a, we mentioned like a date rape drug. Uh, so yeah, it seems like it's the most possible. The Cecil Hotel is is almost a version of like H.H. Holmes uh, murder <laughs> hotel. Yeah. It's just the, like the passive mousetrap version. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, but Thank I, you for that uh, Chicago reference. That's right. <laughs> but I, uh, I also thought about, um, you know, her, her, um, her blog post talking about creepers. Now it, it made to me it read as if she was talking about going out to a club or a bar. So, yeah, she, the, maybe she went out and she um, was slipped something. She was already in a in a in a vulnerable mental and emotional state. She was by herself in the second biggest city in in the U.S. And yeah, that's there's a lot that could happen there. So she was specifically aware of creepers. Again, could be the Minecraft kind. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, on that one, I would say it is. I'm giving it plausible smidge. Ooh. Okay, okay. Uh, I think there is a there's enough crack uh, for a reasonable doubt. Okay, something something hinky could have gone on. Fair on, enough. But uh, yeah, she definitely uh, ended up in a in a vulnerable. Anything could happen to you. Place. Hmm. Very true. Very true. Um. Well, Brandon, thank you. The, those were our verdicts. Bunk Funkers, let us know what are your verdicts. What do you think happened to uh, to Elisa Lamb? And get at us. Let us know. Use the hashtag. Andy, you got anything good? Hot dog water. Hot dog oh, water. No. Use the hashtag. <laughs> I hope her family's off not on social media that day. Like, <laughs> I wonder what a hot dog water is about. Oh yeah, maybe that's no, no. Checking not, every single day. Ah, no, that's not. I'll come to dinner in a minute, honey. I gotta check hot dog water. <laughs> I think I think we're safe. Use the hashtag hot dog water. Let us know what you think. Email us mrbunkerpod at gmail.com Find us on Twitter and Instagram at mrbunkerpod YouTube, and of course, if you feel you feel so inclined, you want to support the show, we are also on Patreon, patreon.com slash mrbunkerpod But more importantly. We've got the tennis podcast here. Brandon, is there anything you would like to plug? Uh, yeah, I'll just uh, I'll plug our pod. I'll plug our pod in general. As the guy said, you can find us at tennispod.com. That's one zero I S H P O D.com. You can find us anywhere that you download a podcast from, uh, whether you're a Bushman downloading it to a coconut or whether you've <laughs> re- uh, retained one of those cool uh, click wheel iPods. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at sidekick host. You can find my compatriot Nick at at N I C K underscore M L E M E L. And we also have a Patreon. Uh, you can find the links to that at tennispod.com. Well, there you go. Uh, Brandon, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you guys. It was fun. This was fun. And, um, yeah, I think uh, I think Andy, it's time to wrap it up. We got to get out of here, get out of the bunker. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're gonna get kicked out again. Peon Musk is gonna drive us back in his old 
Bunkla Jalopy. <laughs> Back to our homes. That's right. Um, well, for not the titular Mr. Bunker, but for my snuggery oh. co-host, Andy Hart, I'm Art Stone saying that was the whole enchilada. Tennis Podcast, TennisPod.com. Thanks again. <laughs> Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.